Hello, my name is Aziz and I'm the son of a divorced mother. She is my superhero. That's why it's important for me to support women, to share their uniqueness, their personalities, perspectives, and emotions about this world. In these difficult times in human history, we need to bring the cultures of the world together. And when we listen to real people, to real lives of women from other countries, we connect our humanity without our differences or stereotypes and we get inspired by their stories to live a better life. That's what this podcast is all about. My guest today is Patricia Yordake. Patricia is a student at the National College Carol I in Craiova, Romania. Her hobbies are dancing, poetry, reading books, and psychology. Patricia spends most of her time in dance classes, but she also loves wasting time going out with her friends. She is a social butterfly. She loves partying and meeting new people. Patricia wants to become a choreographer and a dance teacher. She considers herself a really patient person and she loves making people understand what they find difficult. That's why she will apply for two universities to study choreography and psychology. These two fields represent her true self and she cannot see one without the other. Patricia, how are you today? Thank you so much for having me here. I am really good today. I had a quite a long day at school, but I'm really good now. I'm honored. I'm privileged. I'm lucky and super curious about you, especially as a social butterfly. So let's speak about that a little bit. You as Patricia, what do you love most about people and meeting new people? Oh my God, that is such a good question. Well, since I was a little kid, I always loved meeting new people, even though um, at first I was a little bit shy because I always was in my head about what they're going to think about me and, uh, you know, being a people pleaser. But uh, I started understanding that we are all the same, but so different. And I am a Gemini. I love understanding people. I love meeting people. I love learning new stuff about everything and people are one of the few things that I think we can never learn everything about everything changes with every generation that is going on and you never understand fully what people are about so I think that is amazing so I love that I'm a Gemini as well and to ask you even further the fact that you cannot know everything about people they're always so deeper than people expect and so fascinating is this interesting for you because you're a person who gets bored easily and so you like something that's always exciting that keeps you curious or is it 
in a way to prove to yourself, oh my God, I used to be so much in my head before, but now people are much nicer and they're not like, they don't know everything, but we all have something to say and everybody's so interesting. So there is no reason to be in my head. Or is it for your own self-development when you discover different characteristics traits, how people behaved in different situations and stories of overcoming troubles that it inspires you to grow different parts of yourself? Or what is it for you? Honestly, I think it's a mix of all of the three that you just said earlier. I'm a really curious person. I Since I was little, I was always searching through my mom's stuff and going through my brother's things because I always wanted to learn more. I think there is nothing better than knowledge in the world. And uh, But it's also for my self-development because I think through people, it's when we learn the most. I don't think we... I think... Yes, through experiences as well, but those experiences through people have built me up as a person the most. And um, and about the fact that I'm, I re- I'm realizing that it's not about me having to stand out or me having to please everybody that is going, um, that is around me, but just being together as a society and growing together and learning things from each other and respecting each other and um, being in a in this beautiful community of humans that we are. But uh, yeah, I think it's all of the three of the above. <laughs> Thank you. And I'll play the devil's advocate a little bit to understand. You're a curious person. You love to always learn. Someone who never danced maybe in this world will say, oh my God, dance, like after some years, what is the new thing you can do? It's probably boring. How can you stay excited about it. It's not like the human body can fly or do something unexpected. So for you, how can dance satisfy your curiosity, desire for self-development, for discovering and learning, if the choreographies or the moves are not infinite, and after a few years, you probably can do all of them? I will give you as a contrast because people don't understand dance as much as they understand music. And uh, it's like a song. It's like the music industry. You, everybody's talking mostly about the same things, about love, friendship, breakups, stuff like that. But they're putting it in a different way every time. They're putting it in their own perspective. And that's what I think it's the most beautiful part about it is because you see love from an artist's perspective and then you see love from another artist's perspective and it's not the same thing. And it's the same about dance. Even though there are the same moves, but it still improves. It's still a different mix of different moves. And um, dance also uh, connects a lot to music and because new music comes up every time and new art comes up every time, even sculptures, paintings, they all, the art is a continuous thing, is like humans. And um, that's why dance will always improve and will always be like music. It's, it's a mix of different things. It will never be the same. Even though some people might find it boring about the, yeah, the moves are the same, but as a dancer, you never get tired of it. And I'm really sad about the fact that dance isn't as um, portrayed in our society as music is or as uh, 
painting is, but I really hope I can change this. <laughs> I love that. I, and I can feel your passion. So I'll begin with this different question. You were in your head before. What was the story that totally transformed you into a social butterfly? Does it have to do with dance and the first moment you discovered, oh my God, I love this? Or is it about people you met a new kind of people who were so supportive and positive and they inspired you? Or when you felt passion for something in the first time, maybe through poetry or reading some really wonderful, passionate writer, you're like, I love this feeling. I wanted every single day. Tell me more about that. To be honest, I know it's a really sad uh, thing to bring up again, but I think the pandemic was uh, the switch in my head about being in my head uh, because I have always talked a lot to people. I have always uh, stayed around people and the pandemic has closed down everything and uh, uh, dance, I couldn't do dance classes. I couldn't go to school with my friends. I couldn't see my friends. We all know what it was like. And I think that was the moment where I realized that life is too much to be lived in your own head and to always live to please everyone because that little thing changed my whole perspective about it. Poetry has also helped me because I read a lot of uh, mostly inspirational poetry that uh, gives me ideas for choreographies and uh, reading books too. But I started these two hobbies while the pandemic. So I think the pandemic switched uh, my brain up because I have uh, stayed a lot in my head and I realized that it's not enough. I think I, I mean... Um, <laughs> I started speaking Romanian for a second. Um, it's it, uh, when you stay too much in your head, you realize that it's not worth staying so much in your head. If that's if you understand what I'm saying, I know exactly what you mean. And I'll ask you then also about the pandemic. It seems there are many experts who say teenagers who grew up during the pandemic with so many lockdowns and staying away from people, lost a lot of social skills. They become very awkward. They become unable to have wonderful conversations or communicate as well as they used to. And nowadays, they're all the time on TikTok and um, Instagram Reels, and they're not having those interactions that allow them to understand people and to explain the depth of their souls. Do you agree with this? Maybe for you it was different, but do you feel a lot of Romanian girls your age have become more awkward, less able to communicate effectively? Maybe they communicate more and better being text overts and sending emojis than telling a story in real life? Or like you, it told them life is too short, too precious. We should bond with people even deeper. Well, I think I was the exception. I think I was one of the few people that realized that um, we shouldn't close down and we should open up even more. But I will set an example that as uh, my friends who after the pandemic have closed down in them and uh, they uh, couldn't talk about stuff anymore because they found comfort in staying alone and in staying with their parents and maybe even... 
uh, I know it sounds bad, but sometimes staying too much with your parents doesn't work out and they might get more problems from staying so much with their parents and it's pretty hard. The pandemic was really hard and it, it didn't affect everyone the same. But yes, I think uh, it has closed down teenagers and teenagers who, like me, who have been through literally every lockdown ever. I think it has changed them because we now find comfort in being lazy. We now find comfort in staying on our phones. Social media doesn't good doesn't do any good to us. So, yes, I really think it has changed us. But I, 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 I can't talk about it too much because I was the exception. I was the one who saw the pandemic as a step over the bad things in my life. So, yeah. Thank you. You're really fascinating. I have so many questions, and I'll begin with this one. You said the poetry can inspire you with choreography ideas. Can you explain how that works? How does it happen? Is it that it gives you an emotion and then you, the way that your instincts will translate it into movement that becomes a choreography? Or is it something else? Maybe they speak about the north, the south, the east, and you make those directions into the moves? Or how does it go? Um, <laughs> that's a really good question. I personally, uh, personally get ideas from everything. And when I say everything, I'm saying even if I see a bottle of water that is half filled, I could get an idea about the choreography with a theme behind it. <laughs> and it, it, my brain works really weird about <laughs> uh, dance because it has been a really important part of my life. But poetry usually gives me an... I like to choreograph uh, with a story behind it, like, let's say, a love story or a breakup story or a sad story, a family story, an, an anything story. And usually poetry gives me the smallest bit of click that makes me go, oh my God, that would be so great as an idea for a choreography. But it doesn't give me exactly the moves. I think uh, that's what you were kind of asking, or maybe I got it wrong. Uh, music usually gives me um, the idea of the moves and how I would want it to flow, or maybe how I would want it to lock. But uh, I get inspired from everything. I get inspired from talking to people. I get inspired from images. I get inspired from poetry, books, water, air, <laughs> soil, everything. So I love this. And I'm curious about how you experience the world as a kinesthetic person. When you are inspired, how is it for you? Is it like an energy in your chest? Is it like butterflies in your stomach that need to get out? Is it like you get into a scene from a movie in your mind or you get like a metaphor that you are sailing in an ocean or riding a dragon or whatever it is, and that to you is inspiration. What is it inside yourself that lets you know, yes, I am inspired, this is the feeling, and that propels you forward? Uh, I usually feel it in my chest. It's in my chest, and then if I... Uh, I'm a... Uh, sorry, I will start again. <laughs> so, um, I usually feel it in my chest. Um, and if I can't write it down that second, the idea that I had, I will lose it. 
I'm the kind of person who loses. If I had the idea and I can't write it in my phone, in my notebook, I have a special notebook for this uh, that I usually carry around everywhere or on a piece of paper, on a napkin, on my hand. Uh, if I can't write it down, I will forgive it. I will forget it. And uh, But I, uh, the feeling is in my chest. I feel it in my chest. I feel my heartbeat going faster and then I have to close my eyes and be like is this what I'm feeling yes it's it, it is what I'm feeling so uh yeah that's that's a really good question um I feel inspired um, usually through my whole body and I have to get up and go somewhere peaceful so people don't uh, get my idea over and uh, get over my idea sorry um but especially in my chest and then I have to close my eyes and write it down if I don't write it down I can't I can't remember it for the love of my life. <laughs> I really understand. It's almost like you need to give birth to something. And after you do it, you feel like, ah, that was so good. But if people distract you during it, it's both painful. And then you're like, what was I thinking? That was so great. What was it? And it's very frustrating. And to speak about people and energy, are you an empath? Can you feel people's energy? Can you, as a dancer, for example, when you see someone dancing, you feel how they project their energy in the world, how they're feeling in that moment? When you walk around, you can feel when people have low energy, are depressed, are happy, and you can, in many ways, collect those emotions throughout the experiences, or you don't get right away the energy of a person, but you need conversation and communication first before you begin to pick up on their energetic abilities. I usually feel the energy in a second from every person, every place that I go to. If I feel a bad energy, I'm telling my friends, I'm like, oh my God, I don't feel like this is safe for us. And they're like, they uh, they never trusted me at first. And they were like, girl, you're crazy. You, nothing is happening. Then something bad happens. And then they were like, oh my God, she said she, something bad is going to happen. And I was like, I told you the energy isn't right. And I think, uh, yes, that came from dance because in dance, the most important part is your energy. You have to be so fluid with your energy through dance. And that's what I have done for all of my life. And I think that's where I got it from. And uh, the energy of a person I usually get when I look in their eyes, because truly, as poetry says, the eyes are the mirror of the soul. And it is the truest thing ever on the earth if you look into a person eye into a person's eyes you will see their true intentions their true energy and um, I love looking people in the eyes I love eye contact I think this that's how you connect with people but uh, yes through dance I think I have uh, got that uh, ability of uh, reading people's energy instantly when I see them I get a or a really good vibe or really bad vibe or maybe not not bad not good somewhere in between um but i think it it was uh, also through the i have always studied people when i was little i've always liked looking at their gestures and their manners and uh, i uh, through i got conclusions from that but uh, maybe i think from this mostly i got this uh, ability thank you and again i have so many questions i'll mention this you said when you get inspired for a, an idea for a choreography, you right away imagine the team for it, and 
you plan the future in addition to psychology to study choreography. Why and how different is the experience of dance when you're with a team compared to dancing alone, whether in public, in front of a crowd or an audience or at home in front of the mirror or anywhere? What difference and how is the experience unique when you are with a group of people and you're all following a choreography compared to you dancing alone at home or on stage? That is an amazing question because uh, nobody really puts it in that perspective. Dancing, I will uh, try and do a metaphor. Dancing in my room alone, it's like being in my own bubble. I have my own energy. I have my own ideas. But in that bubble, I don't grow as much compared to when I dance with my team, with my crew, with my friends, even with my friends at a party. I get their energy, I get their vibes, I get their ideas, I get their feelings. And that makes me an even better dancer because I start picking up from everyone the best part. But when I'm alone in my room, I usually build up the idea. And then I start asking my friends, what do you think about this? And then something, someone is giving up a better example, a better example, a better example. And that makes it the best. I think teamwork is the best way something can work. Nothing works better when it's done alone. Everything is better when it's done together. Um, and uh, that's the difference. I don't grow as much when I'm dancing alone in my room compared to when I dance with my friends or with my crew. So. Oh my God, I have at least three questions about what you mentioned. So I'll ask one. You said you grow more when you're part of a team, when you get people's emotions, energy, gestures, everything. What is growth for you? Because some people will think, well, are you really growing? It's not like you're learning a new language or something like that. So how do you define growth? Is it self-discovery for you? Is it opening and unlocking new dimensions to your soul? Is it that something maybe you read about before and when you experience it in real life, you understand it deeper because it becomes real and not theory? Or for you, when you approach and feel, yes, I am growing, what is that experience? How can you communicate and explain that? I think growth is purely mentally. If to grow is when you realize that you're better than yesterday. I have a quote on my on my wall that says, only compare yourself to your previous self. And that's an important thing for me because I have always compared to everyone. I've always been compared to everyone. And when I realized that I only have to compare myself to myself, but to my old self, that's when I started growing. Because you start you start seeing your steps. And everybody grows so differently and we have different paces. We have different ways to to approach things. So yes, growth, I think, is uh, mentally. And I personally grow, I f- and I feel like growing when um, I uh, uh, I get more ideas. I improve my creativity when I 
um, when I'm staying with my friends and they say something and I get an idea about anything. It doesn't have uh, uh, to be exactly about dance, even about school or a song or about music or about uh, anything, about anything. That's I think that's what growth is when you uh, become better than your previous self. I agree. And it feels alive. Like if you don't grow in one day or a moment you it feels stagnant there is no spark of the passion and the energy and the excitement and curiosity about your potential and what you can do next because of that it's like opening yourself to life and allowing yourself to truly live it in a way that changes you and changes the world around you and to ask you you spoke earlier that you had people-pleaser tendencies, and those don't disappear right away. But all our conversation, you are speaking from a very confident, self-centered way where you're putting your own dreams and goals and plans and visions first. So I didn't detect any people-pleaser tendencies. Do you still have them? How do they manifest? And how can you explain them? Do you have a meaning where it's both doing things that are good for you, you don't sacrifice yourself, and you please others? Or how did it evolve? And how are you about that now? Well, I have evolved from it. I'm not a people pleaser anymore. Or I like to think that I'm not as much of a people pleaser as I was. Because as a dancer, uh, if dancers are listening to this podcast right now, we have always been compared to each other. And you have always, we always had to in the dance community to be to make everybody enjoy except yourself you will have to destroy yourself to make everybody happy and i don't think that it uh, that is not okay and um from become uh, i'm really thankful that you're saying that you feel my confidence through this because i have worked a lot for it um as i thought as i said earlier about uh, during the pandemic i have realized uh, the first step that you gotta do is uh, realizing that you're a people pleaser. That's the first step. You realize you're a people pleaser and then you're like, what do I have to do to not be? Because it ruins it ruins you because you live for everybody except yourself. And nobody's going to be with you through this life except yourself. So you gotta live for yourself. And I realized that I was a people pleaser and I started doing things that I wanted. I started second doubt, second doubting myself. I started taking my own opinions first, my own perceptions first, because I usually, uh, when somebody would, would tell me, I don't think that color looks that good on you, but I thought that it looked, I was like, oh my God, it doesn't look good on me. But I deep down, I thought it would, and I liked that color. So I would change up and I wouldn't wear that color anymore. And maybe I would even throw the sweater away, but that's not good. That's That wasn't good for me because I wasn't doing what I wanted to and I wasn't doing what I felt. So the first step is realizing that you're a people pleaser. The second step is realizing it, it It will be a really hard way. I don't think I have fully healed from it. But um, I think I'm closer to being confident and independent. And I, I'm really happy that you said that because it's something I'm really working on. So thank you so much. Thank you. I feel you're an old soul and... Therefore, I have a question and it has two parts, so please pay attention so that it's clear. 
The first is you said you love eye contact. The eyes are the window to the soul. Do you love and fall in love with people's souls? Is that the criteria when you choose friendships or people you keep in your circle is if their soul is on the high vibration, if their soul is resonant with yours in exactly the right ways where you feel, oh my God, it's like I know these people all my life, even if you just met. And so it's about other people's souls. And is that the biggest criteria for you to have them in your circle? And what are your metaphysical beliefs about life? Do you believe in fate? Do you believe in destiny? Do you believe we create everything? Do you believe we're all one soul that is trying to discover itself through the communications of people together or different souls and each one has a lesson for every other soul that we need to learn or is the world like a place of manifestation or how is your perspective on the spiritual and metaphysical side of the world so first the souls of people <laughs> and if you fall in love with that and secondly the soul of the whole universe those are some beautiful questions <laughs> i have to add oh for the first question yes i do fall in love with the souls of people but also with their minds if uh, the soul and mind ratio isn't right i can't find myself being truly trustful in that person because um being good being kind is good but you have to be smart to to kind of be in my circle because i don't want to sound arrogant but if i can't learn anything from you then i can't keep you in my really close circle yes i will keep you as an acquaintance but i won't keep you as a really close friend but i think the most important part yes it is the soul it is how kind you are it is how how warm you are because i the one my pet peeve in people is when people are mean because this society is pretty mean and i hate this i hate this um i love people that respect each other i love people that are loyal i love people that are kind i love people that are warm so yes uh with my friends and all of my friends that i love truly they are really kind souls really good souls that i vibe on different levels i have some friends that i vibe for parties and for going out for talking more but i have some friends that i vibe for my more quiet part of my soul that i have to just sit with them have a cup of tea drink something and then we're good um different vibes for from different people and that's why i can't quite keep a perfect friend group because i usually have friends from different friend groups that i get along with them because i i think keeping a friend group is really hard because not everybody vibes with each other and for the second part of the question i'm a really spiritual person i really believe that the universe has put everybody here for a purpose and that purpose is to learn all the lessons that this life has to give us and those lessons i feel like they're put uh, faith exists i think i think that destiny destiny is a big part of <laughs> the universe i think some things are destined to be like i was destined to become a dancer um but free will is an important part in those lessons that we're learning 
I don't, I don't know how to explain this. Uh, I see it as a line with checkpoints. Those checkpoints are the lessons that we have to learn. And uh, in those checkpoints, we have the free will. And from that checkpoint, it can go in so many different ways, but you just got to do those checkpoints from, it depends on the lesson that you have to learn from a play, from your soul, from your mind, from your body, from your anything. But yeah, that's my belief. <laughs> Thank you. And I agree 100%. And you're really wise. I like this perspective that you have. You spoke about how dancers have this big comparison where people compare them to each other, where they're constantly compared not to themselves, not to how they were yesterday. And if they progressed in a Kaizen way, 1% a day to become better. Do you feel that girls your age, because of social media and them seeing photoshopped perfect photos and lives of girls from all over the world, they might have their self-esteem and confidence destroyed where they feel, oh my God, I cannot be as beautiful as that girl. Nobody will love me or no matter what I do, I cannot be like that celebrity going from Ibiza to Hollywood to party in a private jet or whatever. <laughs> do you feel social media is destroying the self-esteem of a younger generation or do you feel many are more and more aware of the toxic potential and they use it to find other good people to create their own groups of wonderful human beings and try not to be sucked into that comparison that destroys their mental health even though i would love to believe that social media brings us together i don't think I don't think that is what is happening because we like to uh, we like to think that yes social media is really good it gives us this idea that uh, yes people edit but we're all we're all bodies are good and uh, yeah but I, I don't think that is what's happening because yes social media is really toxic to young girls because I would give an example my cousin she is 10 years old she was looking in the mirror staring at a picture of, of a celebrity crying her eyes out that she had a little bit of tummy and that celebrity didn't and she really loved that celebrity and I looked in her eyes I think she's one of the most beautiful people I've ever met she's one of the kindest souls and I almost started crying out thinking that that's what social media does to every single one of us if a child is crying her eyes out because she has a little bit of tummy I don't think that social media actually brings us together and uh even though I would love to think that. And I think we could change it, but we have to change as a society to change social media. But um, yes, social media really brings their self-esteem down down as deep as the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> and I don't think that is good. <laughs> Thank you so much, Patricia. This was my privilege, my honor. Such a wonderful way to understand you, to learn from your perspective to explore your mind and mindset. And I wish you to become a super cool psychologist, choreographer with your own unique approach. I wish you happiness. I wish you no more pandemics and lockdowns and 
to live life fully. And most importantly, I wish you to always stay curious, passionate, and live in happiness. Thank you again. Thank you so much. It has been my honor and I'm so grateful to be here and to be a part of this beautiful project that you're creating. And thank you for inspiring little girls to be like this. Thank you so much. Thank you.